Hi. Hi. <laughs> Long time no see. Yeah. That sounds awful. I never want to do that. On that note. <laughs> On that note, let's welcome everybody to this week's episode of Squint Cast. My name is Kelly. I'm Brittany. And we were just talking about doctors and doctor's appointments and lady things and getting our boobs yes. squished and all kinds of fun stuff. But anyway, <laughs> we're going to talk about this awesome, thank God, episode of Bones. It's season three, episode eight called the night on the grid okay i hope you did some research because i did not i did and then i just closed well i had it I open look it and up. then i just closed it i don't know if you see my my um face like you see my face like <laughs> lit up from the light on my thing here so <laughs> look at my glasses they're anyway. all like all you can see is a i don't like it so <laughs> this episode was directed by someone named Dwight H. Little. Okay. Dwight has directed 23 episodes of Bones, The Woman in the Car in season one, The Man in the Mansion in season two. The Woman two. in the Car. Oh, that's the one with the guy who was going to testify against the the arms people, the weapons people, I, right? That was yes. Uh where the where the kid is found, the baby yes. is found in the tree. Yes. And no, in the tree. No, he's in the I warehouse so. and, and Booth runs in to rescue him and there's a big shootout at the end. Is that the one? The woman the woman in the car is the one where she gets incinerated, like she's burnt. Incinerated to a and there's a missing child. Yes. Yes. That's the one. And then the guy, the father of the kid is the one that's running away from the arms company, the company that sells uh, weapons. Yes. Because he right. had some secret. Go on. So that was in season one. Season two, episode 14, The Man in the Mansion. We know that one because there was pictures of Hodgins that were not Hodgins. Okay. And, <laughs> and then he directed this episode, The Night on the Grid. He directed one episode in season four, and then he goes on to start directing more episodes. Five, uh, four in season five, three in season six, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But in total, he directs 23 episodes. He is all about this type of show. He directed some episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Nikita, like all this kind of law and order, all this sort of police procedural kind of thing. So... Mm -hmm. I think he's amazing. I want to watch all of the stuff that he directed because I think he did such a fantastic job. There's some episode. interesting things he does here. I agree. Yes. But also some weird things too. Okay. Anyway, yes. No, we'll definitely get to it. But I also wanted to know who wrote this one. We got Kathy Reich's Hard Hanson, obviously. And Noah hmm. Hawley. Noah this... again and Kareen Rosenthal. Okay, okay, okay. Gotcha, gotcha, So gotcha. Noah, interestingly enough, this is the very last episode 
that he is that he writes of bones he's the executive story editor on an episode in in three episodes season three episode 11 okay but that's it he's done with bones after eh? this episode yeah wow okay interesting he seems to have taken a hiatus what happens after this with the show, like in terms of the writing? I'm curious. Also, can you remind me? Yes. There's an episode from last season. Remember yes. when you got messed up and you watched the wrong episode? It was like episode 19. Yes. So I think this season it's maybe 11 or something it shows up. So we have to keep yes. that on our radar definitely because we want to see it like is sweets in that episode like that kind of thing i want to look Probably at their haircuts not. and what they're that wearing because they're gonna look different if it's okay. from the previous season you know also yes. yes we need to definitely keep an eye out for that noah holly yes is the person who created mm-hmm. fargo for television Oh, we've talked about him before. Noah yes. Hawley is an amazing uh, writer. Like he's he's created all kinds of stuff for sure. But Fargo is probably the one he's really, really more recently yeah. noted for, for sure. And then he made so much for money sure. off of that that he didn't have to work again. So I don't think he made much <laughs> money off that. As we have learned so? through all these, all these unions striking that That's they haven't true. been making that much money, honey. <laughs> Only the big names seem to be making money. Yeah, that mean people get better deals with residuals, right? So yeah, I haven't seen Fargo anywhere. Like, have you? I haven't seen it syndicated. Nothing. It used to be on streaming services, and now not so much. Even Bones, like this, is the only streaming service you can get it on now. Disney Plus. I was upset about that because I um, like on Prime. At least you can look at the song that's playing, the artists, yeah, the actors. You can like look at the details of the show while you're watching it if you have any questions you know yeah anyway i'm just yeah. i don't know disney plus know. is not as good so we better hurry up and watch this fucking show because it's gonna disappear <laughs> imagine if i it, agree like we'd have we to buy hurry. it imagine oh if we God. had to buy it i looked like to buy a season it's twenty dollars <laughs> i was like because i i logged into apple tv yeah was the, to watch this one because I forgot it was, I thought it was on Apple, not on Disney Plus. I don't know why. Like I had a lapse of judgment. That's okay. <laughs> and then when I went to go click it, it was like buy for three forty nine or get the whole season for nineteen ninety nine. I was like, what? Oh my god! Wouldn't no. that be horrible? That'd be crazy. I anyway. would call David immediately. David Boreanaz. I'd be like, what is happening here? Do David. something about this. Why? Why? You David? could say, ew, David. <laughs> All right there, Alexis. <laughs> All right. Should we get us started? On this that. Is such a good episode. <laughs> we're going to move forward. I don't know how much of that I'm going to include, but I That's appreciate fine. running over the director, the writer, figure out where we're starting from. So yes. I'm going to let you start us off, Brittany. How do we All begin? right. Let me set the scene. We're at a crime scene. Surprise, surprise. okay but this time interestingly enough it's not booth and bones it's booth and cam so booth has asked cam to come to this crime scene we find out very quickly why this is not a bones crime scene there is much flesh on this body 
<laughs> and what's interesting is that there are, it appears that this person has been stabbed in the middle of the chest and then wrapped in plastic and there are bite marks on the face, mm-hmm. which they think might be rats yes. because there's a bunch of rats around. <laughs> this person has also been kneecapped. So maybe it's like a mob thing. Yeah. And then Cam interestingly pulls out some sort of gemstone mm-hmm. that's, that's found in the body. Well, this is okay. So that's that's like the facts of the situation. <laughs> that's what's going on. Yeah, but while this is happening, this whole <laughs> interaction between Cam and Booth is so bitchy. I just said it's so funny. I love it. I love when Cam <laughs> is like looking over the body and she's got the flashlight on him. Uh, she says it's a male in their middle age, and and Booth goes, "Well, when Brennan looks at a body, she kneels down on the ground." And Cam looks at Booth. She goes, these are designer pants. I'm not doing that. And then she kind of squats down. Well, she does. Bit. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't kneel, though. She just kind of squats awkwardly. Because it's he's so, so judgy funny. to her. He's like, I'm just saying. Like, Anyway, you... why do we listen to Booth? Why is anyone listening to him? Like, I have no up, idea. Booth. He's like a man child. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Anyway, All so right. very quickly, these are nice short scenes. Like, there's a couple longer scenes. This is like a 31 scene um, episode, by the way, in case you want to know. We have scene nice count short by scenes. <laughs> scene count. I should make like a little chart. Anyway, so there are 31 scenes. In the second uh, scene, we end up back at the lab, and Zach and Cam are working lab. together back at the mm-hmm. lab, which we see pretty <laughs> often now. It seems like Zach and Cam work very frequently together now. We don't see Zach and Hodgins together quite as much, I'm finding. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah. It seems like it. But so they're back at the lab in Cam's area, this autopsy area. Mm. And they're coming up <laughs> with an idea of what the murder weapon might have been, some sort of double-edged blade. They know that the killer is very strong, Brennan says. And they're, but they're thinking very oddly is initially they thought that the kneecaps that this this body was kneecapped like a mobs mob situation but it looks like the kneecaps were actually surgically removed very interestingly and zach is very excited about this and declares himself king of the lab because he figured this out (laughs) yes and brennan looks at him like he's crazy and is brennan there oh yeah brennan is there She's giving them side eye. I'm confused. Brennan's about definitely this there. Let me. Next... I'm going to open this up. I'll show okay. you. I'll. Sh- well, do you want to talk about the next? While I talk about the next scene, because the next scene I'll we have you. Brennan entering her apartment, which to me is a confusing timeline right now. But she enters her apartment. Apparently, she's left work. She's gone home. She goes into her apartment. She's looking over the mail that has arrived at her house. Oh, yes, I do recall that face. She's like, are yes, you kidding Brennan, me? <laughs> <Brittany> showing <laughs> me the look on Brennan's face when Zach declares himself king it. of the lab. Oh, I can't. I don't think you can. No, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Brennan's at her home. She's sorting through her mail. Lo and behold, there's a knock at the door. And it's Amy, Russ's girlfriend. She's shown up out of nowhere. Have they ever met each other? No, they haven't because she has to introduce herself. I'm Russ's girlfriend. And I wear a lot of eyeshadow. 
and it's not a good not color just, for my face. Not just any eyeshadow. She's got <laughs> blue, bright blue eyeliner around the whole eye, like around her lash line on both top and bottom lash line. But it's like a bright light blue. It's super distracting. I don't know who it's made so this shimmery. decision. It's like this girl showed up to work that day and they said, oh, it's fine, leave it. Anyway, we learned that uh, Amy's youngest child has cystic fibrosis and the kid wants to see Russ. And she's pleading with Brennan to figure out, like find out how to get in touch with Russ. Brennan immediately offers up her friend who's a uh, specialist in cystic fibrosis. Am I saying that right? Yes. Is that the condition that they have? Yes. Yeah. And then while she's getting the phone number for this doctor for Russ's girlfriend, Amy, Brennan notices one of the pieces of mail on her table has sort of a blood stain on it. And every time they sh go back to this envelope, the blood stain seems to be spreading and getting larger on the envelope. This is a very generous thing for Brennan to do is give this Amy the number of this doctor. She offers his services for nothing, just Without because even the guy him. owes her a favor, <laughs> because I guess that's the way it works in the world of doctors. I just want to say that this Amy woman is a bit much. Yes. I feel like it's really unfortunate that it's not the last time we have to see this person. <laughs> and then when Amy finally leaves with the doctor's phone number and no way of getting hold of Russ at this point because Brennan hasn't seen him in months, well, Brennan goes over to this blood-soaked envelope that's been distracting her. And I said, as I watched her, I was like, don't touch it with your hands. Like, I didn't want oh, her to yeah. touch it with her hands. Even though I'm sure it's been through like 18,000 hands of the post office, but regardless, she opens up the envelope. We're going to circle back to that. Carry on. And inside <laughs> are two kneecaps wrapped in a shroud that has some kind of symbol on it. Anyway, super creepy. The music Fairy. again. Did you notice the music? Have you noticed the music? I didn't notice the music again. Jeez. I need to start paying attention to the music. I don't know what it is. Right. How did I not notice? I don't know. You never, I'm oh, I'd be surprised. There is one, no, there is one area that I did write a note about the music. Okay. Because the music made us, made me think like we're supposed to be feeling emotions that I was not feeling. We'll get to it. Oh, well, we will talk about that. We're probably, you probably know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm going to let okay. you take away this next scene because I know you love it. So go. I do, but can we just say, wow. because we have to talk about our opening credits in a second. <laughs> Let me just say, yes, that this blood stain that is getting bigger and bigger. Uh, you're telling me that someone uh, nailed uh, these kneecaps and it uh, just started bleeding when it came into her apartment. Like, and I went back to check if there was actually like there is postage and it is stamped like it has gone through the post office. There's no blood I, I, like, on when the envelope. Zoomed in. Mm -hmm. No. And then suddenly there's just, there's blood everywhere. I know. I know, honey. The timing. It's crazy. Crazy. Extra special but timing. And da 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 Yeah. So what is that? After the kneecaps, we have our intro? Yes. 
the knees and then da 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 there we go oh my god Shall we talk about the next scene? Sorry, I'm obsessed with the fact that it was bleeding suddenly out of nowhere. I have <laughs> agreement with you. I didn't even consider that. I was thinking about her touching it with her hands. And then I thought about all the people at the post office touching it with their hands. And then I remembered the blood part. And you're right. Like, why did it just start doing that then? It's so weird. Like, how it did is it weird. just soak through suddenly? Anyway, yeah. we're talking about a fictional show. It's fine. I'll accept it's it. It's fine. We're going to move on. We're going to move because on. Because this next scene is great. Go. It's so great. Okay. So Angela, they're back at the lab. Angela, Cam, Booth, and Brennan are chatting. And don't worry, someone else is going to come in soon. <laughs> and <laughs> they have figured out that this person, based on the patellas, like based on the kneecaps, that this person must have done a lot of kneeling because they're they're unusually worn, these kneecaps. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, Booth doesn't seem to care at all about this case suddenly. Like, he's not even really focused on these kneecaps. He just wants to make sure that Booth is safe. Uh, Brennan is safe, sorry. And he doesn't understand why Bones would go home. He's like, okay, well, you're going to check into a hotel, stay with a friend, do anything but go home, right? Right, Bones? Right? 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 Do you hear me? And she's like, no, I would never do that. This is the same person who had someone try to kill her multiple times at her own apartment. What was that guy's name? The serial killer from the last season? Howard Epps. Howard Epps. Thank you. Howard Epps was in her house. No problemo. Let's just go home. I would definitely have moved by now. But she should be in a new apartment. Anyway. Okay. So Cam is like, okay, whatever. Like, let's get back to the case. Everything's fine. Um. Anyway. Sweets appears. Yay, sweets, he's here. <laughs> he's like, oh, so interesting. What an interesting interpersonal interpersonal interaction. Because Brennan and Booth had missed the appointment. Because I guess they got distracted by the fact that Booth Brennan had received these kneecaps in the mail. Fair. <laughs> Good reason to miss an appointment. So he was coming to, to find them. Mm-hmm. And now he wants to be involved. He's like, oh, this is so interesting. And while he, Sweets is like, oh my God, as Cam's <laughs> pulling out some like organ, like a liver or something out of his body. <sighs> and Zach, a lot of things happen in this scene. Zach comes in. He's like, I have figured out the murder weapon. Now I have an audience. Everyone except for Hodgins. It is this tapered inch and a half with bolt, both hilt and Achillean. Anyway, it's a special knife. What kind of knife is it, Kelly? 
I don't know. It's uh, the Gormagon the knife from the Gormagon knife. It's like a Gormagon <laughs> vault knife. Anyway, yes. when he brings us in the Gormagon knife, Angela's memory gets triggered and she goes, oh, my God. Now I remember where I saw the symbol that was on the shroud that the kneecaps were wrapped in. This yeah. is going to get very convoluted and crazy as we talk about this. I know. So I'm going to try to keep it as simple and straight as possible. Yes. So the shroud that the kneecaps were were sent wrapped in have a symbol on them. And Angela remembers seeing it as part of the Gormagon collection. She's not absolutely sure where. Yeah. Sweets is so excited. He follows them all to the vault. They abandon this corpse. They abandon this dead body that Cam's working on to go into the vault. And this is where Sweets has become the audience proxy. For anyone who hasn't been, you know, who's late to the party and hasn't been following along all season, he gets to hear the exposition about the whole situation with Gormagon because they have to bring everybody back up to speed because we haven't been with Gormagon for a minute. Yeah. So we have to it's learn helpful. about all the vault and where it came from and what it's there. But do, but do, but do. So he's learning all this wonderful stuff. And then Sweets, of course, is immediately in the throes and he starts psychologically analyzing Gormagon and what their intention was in sending the kneecaps, for instance. And he claims, uh, Sweets claims that Gormagon wants Brennan to add these kneecaps to the existing uh, skeleton sculpture that they have in custody in the vault. And she yeah. refuses to do it. She's very, doesn't want anything to do with it. What happens from there? Well, it, but he's like, mark my words, these kneecaps are going to be important. They're going to be sending us a sign. They're going to be so, some sort of symbol. And Angela, while they're having this conversation, is like, okay, one second. Now that I'm seeing this tapestry, there's something that's that's off about this. And <laughs> Booth is like, off? Like, <laughs> Sweets looks over at him <laughs> and is like, and he's like, don't look at me. I like, I don't know anything about art. My kind of art is a half naked woman on the side of a van. Sweets looks at him and is like, interesting. There's many moments in this episode. This is like one of the first ones where Sweets psychoanalyzes Booth and Brennan, like individually or together, outside of their traditional like appointment meeting space, which is actually, I find this very interesting. Mm-hmm. So. That's an interesting thing to bring up because that's true. Like, because Sweets is saying that Gormagon is trying to complete a piece of art. That's where this came up. Yes, that's why. He says, oh, I don't know what art is. Oh, I just like naked ladies on a van. And (laughs) and, uh, Sweets is like, oh, really? And then Bones is like, I was joking. And then (laughs) Sweets stares at Booth's for the longest time. (laughs) And Booth kind of like makes a face. I was just thinking how much it looked like they had fun filming. Oh yeah, together. I have a feeling. Sweets I wonder is if a they got along. Fun, I think so. I feel like he's a very so. fun addition to the crew. Yeah, he's also very young. This is someone yeah. who started. He is a child actor, and he okay. started out as a child actor um, in a show. I can't remember the name of right now. I'll remember it halfway through this episode. I'm sure. And he came into huge success. Like he's. I think we talked about it before. Like he's directed some pretty big name movies uh since his time on the show which is really cool Mm. okay so here we go booth and brennan are chatting and booth 
tells or sorry brennan tells booth about how russ's girlfriend came to see her because her daughter's very sick and she really needs for russ to come home and he warns her like if he if he comes if he comes back i'm going to arrest him so yeah so she's kind of in this place where she wants him to come back but doesn't want him to get arrested they have figured out who zach saves the day makes things more interesting and tells us who the victim is the victim is a priest father douglas cooper or he's an archbishop sorry so it kind of makes sense why he would be kneeling a lot he'd be kind of a professional kneeler and so this is when booth tells not asks tells brennan that he's gonna bring sweets in on the case and she is not down for that zach comes to have this interaction to tell them who it is and she she is just not in the space to coddle or baby or like treat zach in the way that she would normally treat him very like nicely and sweetly she totally completely dismisses him and is like okay thank you for the information like let's go bye bye um and i thought that that was really interesting booth points it out as well that he just dismisses that she's just dismissing zach and she's denying it but it kind of makes me think that she's not quite focused she's got this like thing on her mind about russ whatever so it makes sense but it's such a change in dynamic between bones and zach i think this episode i wasn't thinking about that i was thinking about the whole booth bringing sweets in on the case and how i like Lennon it is so against it and i just think it's i like this that booth is the one wanting to bring him in like okay yeah. i don't know why they wouldn't like the fbi anyway we'll talk about this later but there's an the whole fbi situation i find is very <laughs> is weird very odd about some like certain things regardless yeah. so next we have booth and brennan they're at the fbi they're interviewing uh a monsignor about the archbishop uh who was our victim here and he's and they <clears throat> they're trying to figure out what to call him booth's calling him monsignor and he says you can call me you know monsignor steve. or you can call me steve <laughs> and this is funny to me this whole like Same thing is so funny and it really doesn't um the scene is just pure comedy oh yeah e and i have a question for you i'm not a catholic neither are you barks yeah. in bed useless um question is do big wigs like monsignors in the catholic church go around wearing their vestments like this in public great question i didn't even know that a monsignor was even a role in the church so you're one step ahead of me <laughs> i would be right there with brennan calling him steve because it sounds really hard to pronounce <laughs> i Not love even that because brennan... i want to disrespect him so during this interview brennan keeps referring calling him steve and <laughs> booth is so embarrassed and it's so funny it's so funny and the monsignor is actually quite sweet and yes like oh i feel like the world's going to hell in a handbasket basically and he can't believe his friend was eaten and he feels like his job as a priest you know is like a band-aid on this huge problem and booth goes amen monsignor and brennan goes thanks steve <laughs> it's like it's so 
funny it's the so way funny he, he like it is true you don't think of them as having names you know it's like father yeah. john at the slovenian church or that big huge slovenian man that's the the i don't know his name I don't you know, know who i'm talking I know about exactly who you're talking about he's I know a exactly. big he's like a yeah. big bear I know exactly there. what you're talking about, but I don't know is what his name is. I want to say his name is like Leopold. Leopold. Oh, he has some one of those old names. I think, I think that is it. Really? Now that you say it, I think so. Anyway, Leo, Father Leo. He fucking loves me. Eh? It's so funny. I Every time that. he sees me, he gets so excited because he wants to talk <laughs> to me about boxing all the time. It's oh, so funny. That's awesome. Like yeah. something different than his usual role as father. Yeah. I- <laughs> I just I thought this scene is so funny for all the reasons we've already talked about but yeah. also the clear like the way that so they're so different on this Booth and Brennan are so different but they come together a couple times to clarify to this poor guy Steve <laughs> that in fact his friend Doug Cooper was not fully eaten only He's a part like, of him was eaten part of him was eaten. just a part of him they're, like they say it together one time like oh each of them God. clarifies it separately it's no so no funny. just a part of him not not oh. all of him just just a part just, of him just a small portion <laughs> which okay. any amount of eating is too much eating <laughs> so yes i just thought it was hilarious i'm just gonna anyway. before you start this next scene i just want to say <laughs> yes let's not get too much into this no, okay because, because it's i got so, so convoluted <laughs> i had to go back and rewatch this scene like i'm not even no like no exaggeration like 10 times so there's yeah. some very high level there's some there are some numbers <laughs> that are on a tapestry and no, i should like i should let, let, let me shit, right yes well there are some well the numbers represent symbols okay oh, yeah let me let me make a, a general comment. So Angela, Hodgins, Cam, and Zach are in this forensics platform area. They're looking at this tapestry and they're trying to show him because they're trying to look at this, the image that was on the shroud that we talked about before. Long story short, this is a perfect Hodgins moment because they figure out that there's a ton of symbolism very specific not even symbolic like very specific it's like a map kind of the information that's on this tapestry and the information that's on this tapestry maps out different points when they extrapolate it blah 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 they do all this fancy stuff in the computer they put it on a map and it pinpoints specific locations on the map of washington dc the locations are where father cooper's body was dumped the overpass where the head the head was thrown off the where the head was thrown off the overpass in the very first episode. Yes. Yeah. Uh there's an old mansion that's now a nursing home. We'll come back to that. Uh there's a couple things. Most importantly, for our purposes, the, and every single one of these relates to a point, um a, a a landmark that we've already that we have some information on. Except for a mausoleum at Silver Hill Cemetery. Yes. Because these pin- because these points match so perfectly with these other events, they are very clearly needing to go to visit this Silver Hill-, Hill Cemetery to go look and see what's inside the mausoleum. Yes. Right. 
The bank vault so, was another one. Sorry. Was another one. Yes. But so then we have the next scene. We have Hodgins. Hodgins. Yes. And Booth at the cemetery at night with yeah. flashlights. And they arrive at this mausoleum that's basically abandoned because it, nobody's been alive for over 100 years or something at this point to tend to it. Yeah. Hodgins. And so they try to, they want to break it open, break open, break into it. And Booth has brought a crowbar. And Hodgins wants to use the crowbar. He's like, let me open it. Let me do it. And then Booth goes, I don't get to play with your bugs and dirt. So no, you don't get to play with my crowbar. I mean, basically. does he want to? <laughs> exactly nobody wants to <laughs> anyway this whole nighttime uh escapade is weird right so weird i only justified it because i was like maybe because it's a serial killer situation they think like they gotta move quickly i, I Honey, don't know it's weird uh, this case has been going on for how long and like they the suddenly have to be there at ne night like what's going on any regardless they break open the and thing Hodgins and there? Ta-da! There's a Gormagon skeleton sculpture, just like the other one, except that it's complete with real bones. So all the bones on the skeleton sculpture is complete. It is so creepy. And there's some music there. There's definitely music there to give you the creep vibe. This thing, like, they do not need to go, they don't even need to go in to the mausoleum. This thing no. is like right at the door. It's like they open the door and it's right there. It clearly it has cobwebs on it. It's very clear that it's been there for a while. Hundreds of years with the rest of the building. Probably not. But it's been there a decent amount of time. It's so creepy. So, so, so creepy. Anyway, also turns out that um, Booth was an altar boy and he knows some Latin. That's a nice takeaway from that. So now we have this B plot. Then why didn't he know the entrance to the school that they went to? I thought the same thing. That's exactly what I thought. Episode three, boy in a tree. Thank yes, you. Yes, but he didn't know that. Meanwhile, Zach and Bo Zach and Bones were like, this is obviously what it means. And he's like, huh? I don't know any Latin. Except <laughs> apparently he knows dead father, Patar Mortis. <laughs> like okay yeah but i could have done that i mean yeah I if mean, you have a basic knowledge of any language you would know any language <laughs> yeah mortis yeah that that's a giveaway a dead giveaway <laughs> okay okay we are now yeah. at the hospital with our b plot with amy Listen, watching Haley. we're gonna talk about this i just wanted to get a qualify by saying this is ridiculous what happens <laughs> i want to know why it's happening i need i have very i have questions thoughts i have lots of questions too because cystic fibrosis is a lifelong illness it's not something that you can cure immediately but the way that they're in my opinion the way that they kind of deal with it in this show in this particular episode it's like okay she's getting treatment now she's fine all good anyway mm. this poor little girl she's in her hospital bed brennan's knocking on the door because she wants to go visit and see how Haley's doing 
and see how Amy's doing. These two people that this is the first time ever meeting Haley, as far as I know, and the second mm-hmm. time ever meeting the mother of Haley, mm-hmm. Amy. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. Amy asks, in my opinion, temperance, a question that is totally, I don't think it's fair for her to put Brennan in this position, but basically asks her to convince Russ to come home. Yes, Kelly. Basically. I only said it a thousand times. <laughs> Sorry. Basically, okay. basically. I'm out. I'm getting it out. Why is this kid so attached to Russ? How long were they together before he ran off and became a fugitive? A. And mm. became exactly like his father, other than the murder part? Yeah. I think a while. Brennan is very put out by this request that Amy is making because she's asking Brennan to go to jail to visit her father and tell her father to get Russ a message somehow. Yeah. And like jeopardizing all kinds of legal situations here. And I wrote like, fuck off, Amy. I don't even know you. Like, what are yeah. you doing? Then Amy has the gall, the the gumption, the audacity to then turn into what I would call like an incel, like a guy who, you know, tries to hit on you. And then when you reject him, he calls you an ugly bitch. Yes. She's doing this thing where she tells Brennan to, you know, look in my baby's eyes and say that, you know, you won't help her see her own father when you don't have a good relationship with yours. When did this kid start acting like Russ was her father? Yeah, it's and yeah, literally, Brennan is giving this woman hundreds of thousands of dollars of medical treatments for her kid right now for nothing for free, and she's so ungrateful. What the hell is this? What is this? Also, I didn't think about this until now. And she's wearing the eye the eyeliner still. It's slightly better though. The eyeshadow has been like, oh my god, toned down so bad. So let me think. Okay. So thinking about this, she meets Russ or Brennan and Russ get back in touch. He's not a fugitive at that point. Okay. We're talking like back a long time ago. Right. For a long time. Remember, she was supposed to go on some big trip and she decided to go visit her brother instead. No, they went on vacation together. Why did he, why did she not meet his girlfriend and children? At that Were point. they dating at that point? Yes, that for sure. Because he's like, at that point, he was already saying like he wants to be an honest man. They were for sure. Are you sure? I'm positive. So Go I think they, I think he has. I'm thinking think about when they went on their, their trip life. together, and when he showed her pictures. I think the pictures were shown when he when the father during the episode where the father had killed the fbi guy Hmm. and he was breaking his parole by being there by russ being there before brennan knew about max before all that stuff but didn't they go on vacation before that i think so yeah because it was at the beginning of season Two. two that they were on vacation together it and makes she's supposed no to sense go to Darfur. 
This timeline is messed up that this kid is so attached. She's calling him her dad. Yes. I don't understand it. It's weird. It's very weird. Simmer down. And Simmer down. Being totally unreasonable to her. Simmer down. Okay. Let's get back to A plot. Totally A-plot. worth it, everybody. Simmer down. Simmer down. <laughs> <laughs> so we're back at the lab. Back at the and lab. we see Zach analyzing a skeleton. Mm-hmm. Cam's there. Hodgins comes later. Mm. They are looking at this new skeleton, the old, old skeleton, the one that they found in the mausoleum. And Zach, at this point, has identified 18 different victims, and he's still not done going through. The weird part Again, is... Anybody yes. who hasn't watched the episode, they need to understand this skeleton is made up of bones from many victims. This is the, yes. what we're dealing with here. This is the Gormagon signature thing. It's like their their <laughs> their whole modus it's operandi. So creepy. It's their whatever their their plan, their master yeah. plan. It's weird. So the current the the skeleton we've seen, the one we found in the vault, not the mausoleum, mm. is a silver skeleton where they're replacing each silver bone with a real bone. Mm-hmm. This mausoleum skeleton, all of the bones have been replaced with real bone. Very creepy. Yeah. And the last victim appears to have been killed over 50 years ago. Mm-hmm. So Gormagon would have to be like at least 70 years old at this old, point. Old ass motherfucker. Yes. And the teeth marks that he's finding actually don't even match Gormagon's teeth. So right. it's not just, this isn't the current Gormagon. This is some old cannibal that's out there. This is insane. At this point of this episode, I'm like, oh my God, this is the craziest episode we've seen recently. Yeah. Hodgins yeah. comes in, that gemstone that he had pulled out of his chest is something called Violet Jade. And he's very happy about this. He's very excited because that and some other thing that he found in the body is only found in a specific region of Turkey, which is actually part of the legendary site Garden of Eden. Anyway, so we're going to look at that being important. I swear it'll come back at Turkey. Just remember Turkey. That becomes very important later. No spoilers. <laughs> and... <laughs> Cam is like, okay, well, obviously you have a job, Zach. Like, you need to go and compare these new dental records against this database, see if they match anything, so we can find out who this old old Gormagon is, old cannibal is. And Hodgins, I guess, that you'll just look for some dude who likes to eat faces who has a walker. That's great. We don't have a job for you right now. (laughs) (laughs) So we're learning a couple things we're learning a lot of information we have yes we're, we're getting more a victims. lot of information about gormagon now we're understanding like more about yeah like the victimology and all the like motivations and stuff like that so it's, it's an more interesting than one person like way to cool. move the needle you know we're moving yeah. the needle we're learning more about the serial killer that we were introduced to in episode one so then we leave this exciting, amazing storyline. Amazing. 
And we move to the other one that I am so unhappy about. I cannot, like, I don't care about any of this. And Brennan is visiting her father in jail because apparently Brennan is a pushover and does what she gets (laughs) manipulated very easily emotionally by people. Starting with her father, of course. Her father likes to do that a lot. Anyway, Brennan and her dad are all chummy. And then he gives her a bit of pushback um, when she asks him to get a message to Russ. Yeah. Uh, But we know he's going to do it. We know he's going to do it. Yeah. Regardless. And we learn again. It's another expositional situation where we learn again about the risk of Russ coming to Washington and getting arrested. Anyway, uh, Brennan leaves like pretty much right away after this whole uh, interaction. Yeah. And that's fair. So we know we know that's happening in the background right what's what's interesting though like max left his kids with his wife the two of them they abandoned their kids because they thought it was the safer thing to do right russ has now done the same thing he's abandoned his family are they his biological kids no but they have quite an attachment to him so yes he is their father Mm. we don't we didn't realize this until now but yes he is their daddy okay yes yeah i guess but when brennan asks him to send uh, ask max to send this message to russ his immediate reaction is russ would never come back for these people (laughs) i thought that was interesting max is like no like i'm not gonna tell him because he's not gonna bother like he's not gonna come home give me a break wow 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 like i just thought that max constantly shows his true colors yep and brennan he does it later too is wearing these rose color oh my god where that's when the music plays anyway we're gonna talk about that (laughs) she's wearing these rose color glasses like okay dad like obviously she knows she sets a good boundary here she asks because apparently amy is her boss and then just leaves (laughs) good good oh my god like how is she, this could have been a phone call hey dad <laughs> get russ to come home also amy showing up at her house could have been a phone call there's multiple phone oh calls that could have been God. had here the fact that amy like knew where she lived i'd be very uncomfortable everyone Especially, does like, even this serial killer does she doesn't even know this woman she shows up on her doorstep she's yeah. getting hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of medical care i'm like is she a scammer like is it she has a the scammer audacity. like max yes. i wonder i wonder oh imagine if it's tight. like a situation where the kids actually it's like a a Munchausen situation where she doesn't oh really have God. cystic fibrosis and she's like making her child sick and anyway oh my god <laughs> anyway that's, that's the new underlying storyline here people russ's girlfriend <laughs> makes it more interesting <laughs> she seems she's like a scammer. scammer she's like you know the way that she showed up and strong-armed uh, brennan yeah. into doing all this I, i'm like who is this woman jesus uh, she's a woman who wears blue eyeshadow and the, honey honey you, you should have known seriously you should have known when she showed up with that fucking eyeshadow that she was <laughs> so not shimmery <laughs> bad for business bad no. for business okay anyway are you ready to go on a wild ride? Woo! Back at this the lab. This next scene. Back at the lab. Can you 
Do you want to take? Do you want to? Sure, we're take it away. Uh, we're in the vault. We're in the vault. You're good with we're details. in the Gormagon vault. Remind me to say Gormagon because the last time I said Gorgamon like a bunch of times, it's so Gorgonzola. funny. I'm basically gonna say Gorgonzola from now on. But anyway, <laughs> Angela is showing Booth a bunch of symbols on a tapestry that have to do that are related to these crimes. Booth says they look like tarot cards and Angela makes this like face at him like he's an idiot when they actually do look like tarot cards, guys, like hate to 100%. break it to you. <laughs> so these pieces of fabric that look like tarot cards, each card shows a character, including the architect, the martyr, the orator, the musician, the bishop, and the corrupter. So they decide that Gormagon is uh, conducting these crimes in order. So they're being yeah. done in order of appearance in these cards. The two cards they bring up are the musician, which was our guy from the first episode, right? Who's the violinist? The violinist, Gavin Nichols. Yes, and the second is the bishop, which is our friend Robert. Is that his name, Robert? The I don't. Uh... I was just called him Father Cooper. It could be Robert. Okay, Bishop Archbishop Cooper. So yes. the next victim is going to be what's called the corrupter. So then, you know, Hodgins is pontificating. Oh, is it like some porn guy, some guy who has a porn uh, company? And then as Hodgins is theorizing, Sweets walks in and he says, uh-uh, you're being too literal. You have to think about these symbols being from like the 16th century, like a long time ago. And it's probably the corrupter would be someone who is a heretic or a yeah. pretender to the throne. And then Booth, this is so funny. Booth looks at Sweets and he goes, what the hell are you doing here, Sweets? And Sweets is like, you called me. You wanted to talk to me. And Booth is like, yeah, I wanted to talk to you on the phone. Because he's like... He doesn't want Brennan to find out yeah. that he's been talking to Sweets about this case. This is also anyway. so backwards <laughs> based on how young Sweets is. The fact that Sweets would show up in person, it's just so no. unlikely. No, Sweets is excited. He wants to be oh, involved. He's, he's awesome. excited about this case. Of course, I mean, this is a case of a lifetime. Are you kidding oh, yeah. me? So anyway, it turns out Booth gave Sweets the Gormagon file. Brennan is incensed she's like oh yeah how dare you give him the file because booth was trying to do it on the dl and then sweets went and ruined it anyway it's so funny it's and so then, great as soon as hodgins finds out from booth that sweets has the file hodgins starts rhyming off all the stuff like he starts just telling sweets everything right yeah and then they great. all confirm, which is awesome. And they all confirm Sweet's initial theory that we're dealing with two people, two killers yeah. here. So you can keep like you can a take master it from here. and an apprentice. You nailed that. I knew you would be perfect for this. <laughs> like you got every detail just perfectly. Exactly. Not too much information. Perfect amount. I like it. So I and I'm also I'm loving sweets in this. Oh, he just he takes over. It's very criminal minds of him. He's like, okay, this is let's get in the let's get in the mind of the killer. I love he like, that shit, man. That's great. It's great. I'm eating it up. So mm. they need to figure out who this corrupter is. Booth gets a phone call 
And he finds out that the two people, the musician and the bishop, were on the same trip to Turkey that was arranged by a lobbyist. This is a trip, I think, I don't know if we find out now or find out very soon, but it was a trip uh, for the Kings of Columbus. Kings? Knights. Knights, thank you. Knights of Columbus. Um kings of columbus mark would be like really Brittany? <laughs> hey so this is a catholic thing okay so the knights of columbus um it was the knights of columbus trip that was arranged by a lobbyist so they're thinking sweets is mm-hmm. like oh my god this is beautiful like this is perfect a lobbyist perfect pretender to yeah. the throne but also like Brittany, there's a few yes. other details right he says yes both of the victims lost their fathers when they were young Yes, so that's another tie into the whole widow's son situation. Yes, and then, uh, which is from season, episode one. Everybody, go back. Come on, yeah, follow along here. <laughs> and then Sweet starts asking the question: How, where is the master going to find a new apprentice? Because the last apprentice yes. died. So then Sweet's theory is that he thinks the master must have ha- have had or has access to at-risk children. Yeah. And Hodgins, I mean, I'm telling you, they're like, Hodgins likes Sweets now. Because initially Love he wasn't sweets. impressed with Sweets, but he really likes Sweets, I think. I think he really likes oh, yeah. his thinking. He loves sweets. He's eating it up. All of them are, except for maybe Brennan, because she hates psychologists and hates, obviously hates but, psychology. Yeah, but they're eating it up. I'm eating it up. I'm loving. Oh, I sweets. love all this shit. I love this stuff. Love and it. Sweets also. We learn more. This is great to have sweets here. It adds a yes. different element to the situation that feels legitimate. You know what I mean? And he starts. Yeah. He he continues and says that basically he thinks that the Gormagon is really upset that they have his sculpture, the new yeah. silver sculpture with limited bones on it, because it's a piece of art. He's trying to do it. Yes. And uh, he's thinking that maybe like that's going to drive him absolutely insane. Oh, yeah. Which is they have his his work of art. He's like helping us get in Gormagon's mind. And we're oh, going to see as we keep going, it. if Sweets is on the right track, which is very fun. Mm-hmm. So Booth obviously immediately is like, okay, if the lobbyist is the next victim, we Mm. need to get on this ASAP. But it's been two months. So it's been two months. They mentioned in that scene, it's been two months since the apprentice was found dead in his cell, his holding cell. Which means it's been at least two months between these murders. Yeah. Not that they shouldn't rush to find the next next okay this if they is know exactly who the victim is still Brittany, this yes. is i know where you're going i think i know yes. where you're going because this is exactly where i asked this case this question yeah actually the next scene when they when they start they bring in the lobbyists they talked about who thinks is the next victim yes and i think while they're interviewing the lobbyist and they're telling him that he's in danger and he's in complete denial of this fact and they start telling them that there's a fucking cannibal on the loose yeah i said the fact that everyone has such loose lips about this case like why isn't there mass hysteria about this situation it will be all over the news everywhere remember bruce MacArthur? everywhere like there was there was a huge canadian serial killer murdering in the LGBTQ community yeah. in Toronto, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And the second they found the first body, it was all over the news. Yes. Like, it was everywhere. You can't keep that from people. So no. the fact that this is not all over the news and this guy thinks that he's, he, he, he's like, no, you guys are screwing with me. You're faking it. He doesn't believe that there's this serial killer on the loose. He, he thinks that they're trying to invest They're Apparently the FBI is investigating influence, influence peddling and he's their target. And they're trying to get him by saying that he's like, he, he, they're trying to get him into the FBI and get him on that charge by saying oh you got to be careful because someone's trying to eat your face off he's like how stupid do you think i am and brendan's like actually extremely stupid right now if you're not gonna believe us because <laughs> he just walks out he leaves because he's pissed like he thinks it's all like a ruse and he yes. thinks it's ridiculous and she ends up calling him stupid and a corrupter and, and a all corrupter these things, that doesn't matter the my question is what's the name of um booth's boss that whose kid died um we're not gonna spend too much time anyway it's on the table. he would be breathing down booth's neck oh yeah like close this case every day about this case oh yeah it wouldn't be going over a whole season like we're on episode eight and we haven't seen this oh we have one (laughs) eight interns in the vault logging everything no no no. no we need to get this done now there God. that vault would be that vault would have like a million people in it it wouldn't be like oh it would isn't be empty. interesting yeah it's not interesting it's like no baby. a little slow i mean there like was the a writer's that... strike so. <laughs> <laughs> this is the year of the writer's strike they were trying anyway. to just fill fill in the void but okay <laughs> what happens Her, next? agent charlie comes agent so charlie this, Ray Porter, Mr. Corrupter leaves. And Agent Charlie, Kelly's favorite agent. I love Agent Charlie. To announce to Booth that someone has come to visit him. And lo and behold, Russ comes around the corner. And I'm like, get out. Why are you here? (laughs) Honestly. So Russ shows up and it is clear very quickly that he has been brought there under free false pretense and max has instructed him to go to the fbi and has said that brennan said that booth would not arrest him like why are we trusting max ever he's a huge liar crazy Crazy. it's insane obviously booth arrests him immediately yeah but russ says he wants to see his stepdaughter and the second he says that you can see booth has clearly has like he has a kid of his own so he understands this this is his soft spot he's a softy such a softy so obviously immediately they end up at the hospital i don't know why booth didn't unhandcuff him before they got in the room but he unhandcuffs him in front of his stepdaughter that's fine whatever he's a fugitive he's yeah i guess so but you would think he would try to hide that from this poor girl so he went to go visit. He's telling him, okay, buddy, you have a very short amount of time. And he's saying to Booth, to Brennan, like, Brennan, remember, as far as anyone's concerned, I'm going to catch Russ here in about 15 minutes from now. And Brennan is so grateful because her and Amy are best friends now. 
<laughs> and is so grateful that Booth has done this because he's not doing it for Russ. He's definitely doing it for Brennan. And she kisses him on the cheek and it's a really sweet moment. She's like, thank you yeah. so much. Mm-hmm. He's like, okay, but seriously, don't tell anyone. <laughs> <laughs> but and it was just a very, even though this scene, it, in my opinion, the fact like, yes, Russ should be there for his kids. Absolutely. But the way that this all happened is just so insane. But it it they still made a sweet moment of it. So it was very nice. So after this sweet moment, Brennan's visiting her father in jail to yell at him about this Russ situation, about the fact that Max lied to Russ about not being going to get arrested by Booth if he shows up. Anyway, he keeps trying to convince Brennan that he's a great dad because he tricked Russ into getting arrested because he didn't want to jeopardize Brennan. Anyway, Max is such a great guy. And then Brennan like kind of falls for this manipulation again, where he's like, so I'm here for you. He's trying to say that him lying to Russ is somehow showing up for her and his kids in general. It's a very lot of dads up. aren't there for their kids, but I'm here he's, for you. He's not here for her. He's in jail. No. Like, it's not the same. Not the same. At this moment, this is where I was talking about the music. At this moment, it's very like... Sorry. Kelly is is making the noise of how we all feel about this. I hate Max so much. I do too, just because I hate how manipulative he is. He's He's so so manipulative. And it drives me insane. And during this moment, this is where I noticed the music. Oh, as he <laughs> Brennan stops and walks back to her dad, like as oh he's saying, God. like uh, she's turning to leave, and he's saying, "I'm here for you." And a lot of dads aren't. And as he's saying that, this music starts to play, like very, like in my opinion, music that says, "Like oh, this is a sweet moment. It's so so nice. These yeah. two love each other." La la la. Let's try to find no, it. no, no. <laughs> no. Oh, yeah, we can find it. But, like, no. Brennan, just keep walking. Why do you turn around? He did not deserve that kiss on the cheek. And then they, like, hold hands a little. The way he... And then he turns his hands over, like, looking like, oh, she didn't give me anything. She didn't... When she handed me... When she held my hand, it was really just a handhold. She didn't even sneak me a cigarette. Oh, I don't like it. I don't like it at I'm all. Just, I'm trying to bring it up here. You hear that? That's oh yeah. What's going on? No. So bad. Break. It's awful. Also, I kind of missed an important detail. What? Oops. Because I was so obsessed over this music and how annoying this scene was. <laughs> uh, Zach calls Brennan when she's at yeah. this little meeting. And uh-huh. Max starts yelling at the phone because he thinks it's Booth. And he thinks it's <laughs> ridiculous that he would arrest his son. Like, give me a break. He's actually a fugitive. Like, what, what choice does he have? Also, you put him in that position. And poor Zach is like, exactly. Who's that? Anyway, he is telling Brennan that she needs to come back to the lab right away, specifically not just the lab, 
to come back to the Gormagon vault right away. Yes. Is Zach has found something that sh- he thinks she needs to see immediately. And oh <sighs> man, yes, she does. Do you want to talk That's about wild. this? This is so, so cool. So yeah, Booth and Brennan show up at the vault and Zach is playing a game with Booth and Brennan. He's turned off all the lights in the vault and he wants them to walk around wearing night vision goggles. And this sort of takes like the show don't tell storytelling technique to an extreme. Like he's really showing them instead of just oh, yeah. communicating with words. Anyway, this whole <laughs> exercise has them running around the lab, following these laser beams that he's set up to sort of point in certain directions. And it seems that our friend Gormagon, our fucking cannibal serial killer, has planted some kind of device in the vault that is broadcasting outside the vault that allows him to see, I don't know, and possibly listen to what's going on inside the vaults while it's in the custody of the Jeffersonian. And he had placed, because they they moved it directly, moved it from from the bank directly to the basement exactly as it was, they made that point a couple times in the episode, especially when they were talking to Sweets. Yeah. They had they had placed everything exactly the way it was, which means that all of the mirrors that Gormagon had placed to make sure that he could see everything from that one spot yeah, still allowed him to see everything from that one spot. So it was really cool, like watching the laser beam bounce off all the mirrors the way that they were. Yeah. They seem like they're sporadically like all over the place just randomly placed but they're placed in such a way that just from that one spot gormagon can see everything two things yes what time of day is it why is booth wearing his casual friday shit i can't figure out what day is is because he's not wearing a suit for most of this episode anyway second it's pretty fucking freaky that a maniac cannibal serial killer has basically been watching them investigate literally it's insane everything so everything somehow including the intern in the incinerator yes and he would have seen that guy get hung yeah he would have seen him get murdered which is he would know the identity of the murderer oh yeah well they're trying to figure it out exactly (laughs) Imagine if they got the wrong guy. This guy would be like, (laughs) look at this. Pure entertainment. (laughs) So Booth has has come to the conclusion. Also, Also, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm going to interrupt you right now. Please do. This is where my FBI thing comes in. Okay. Do they not have hackers, some kind of computer experts at the FBI who can figure out where this fucking video is being broadcast to? Can't they figure out an IP address in the FBI? You would think so. They have <sighs> like th- that is in like every single show ever. Oh, so you would think my so. God, some tech guy. Oh my God, you guys. <laughs> That's a perfect, perfect song for this moment. <laughs> Booth has concluded with some tech guy that because of the way that the it, the camera is only white light activated so because he's doing that he was doing all this laser work it would not have been triggered they don't think so now they're concluding that they need to find a way 
to use this against Gormagon because they think that Gormagon is not aware that they know yet. Brennan comes up with the idea that he should fool them into thinking that they're going to transfer the sculpture because maybe if he so desperately wants it, like Sweets thinks, then he'll try to grab it while they're trying to transport it. And then they can swoop in and arrest him and it'll be wonderful. Booth initially doesn't like this idea because he didn't come up with it, even though he thinks it's a great idea. (laughs) (laughs) So the thing here is she's going to have to put the kneecaps in the silver skeleton so that when they move it, it's complete at that point. Oh my God, Brennan. Yeah. She doesn't want to do it. (laughs) She doesn't want to do it. Then she decides, okay, fine. I'll do it. Then she's Mm. like way overacting. She's like, I'm going (laughs) to put these kneecaps in now. We must (laughs) do this for the MRI at Bethesda. And like, hell, it's like so obvious the fact they're even going it's through so this funny. plan is insane yeah but then she played roxy so well in las vegas so i don't know what her yeah. problem is what is going on i'm going to put these kneecaps inside the body now so we can go to bethesda <laughs> we need to go to bethesda and boots like <laughs> brennan shut the fuck up shut up don't i'm right here you don't have to yell you don't have to yell oh my god I get it okay anyway so somehow because booth and brennan think that they've done an amazing job pulling this off they go ahead with this plan booth is driving behind this truck that's transporting the sculpture and he's in they're in a taxi cab pretending to be a cabbie long story short this motorcyclist comes up behind them comes up beside them sorry looks into the car drives ahead of them drops a backpack on in the middle of the road Mm. booth slams the brakes on tells brennan to get down because obviously it's a bomb Mm -hmm. backs up when backing up doesn't put his side of the car toward the bomb puts brennan's side of the car toward the bomb and ultimately (laughs) they end up you know oh yeah i went and i rewinded it i was like did he turn that direction (laughs) and then the car is far enough away that it doesn't get blown to pieces which is nice but it does flip a couple times with booth in it yeah it is very intense they hit a stop sign and flatten it Mm -hmm. booth is not wearing a seatbelt during this entire experience i don't know why brennan is very nice good for her (laughs) somehow they got equal amounts of hurt not a good mm. not a good advertisement for seatbelt wearing. <laughs> Booth gets out of the car, seems very concerned about Brennan because she's knocked out cold. They're both bleeding. He comes mm. around the car. He tried to kick it out, but it didn't work. So he comes around the car. He's like, wait, Brennan, I'm going to come help you. The way he gets out of the car, it's not very, like, it, it's a little sloppy. He falls very hard. I would personally have probably broken my tailbone he's a sniper <laughs> i guess he's fine so then he comes around the car gets brennan out she wakes up everything is fine she just has a flesh wound oh wait she says every she keeps saying i'm okay i'm okay you're not okay she has a not huge okay. gaping wound in her head she has a huge gash on her shoulder booth and brennan start arguing about whose fault it was that the killer knew what was going on which is yes. classic booth and hilarious brennan. 
Turns out the guy on the motorcycle that dropped the bomb was trying to blow up Booth and Brennan and had no interest in the truck or the skeleton. Yes. Brennan then goes to pull out some shrapnel from her shoulder and it's a tooth. So she figures that teeth were used in the bomb and it's disgusting. Like I keep thinking about bacteria on teeth and like inside. That's where we're going. (laughs) I'd be like, imagine the bacteria like it would be like how often have gormagon brush his teeth (laughs) not just that but just any kind of dirt you'd want to be really careful about cleaning out that wound and making sure you don't have some kind of weird bacterial like sepsis you know true okay we were talking probably won't be included but we were talking before this episode about my son and how he currently has a black eye and now (laughs) i'm chill mom before I would take him straight to the ER. Now I know the signs to look out for. Did he lose consciousness? Let's just stop there. <laughs> My son personally did not. So I was not worried about a concussion or taking right. him to the doctor right. after he fell, even though he had a yes. black eye. Right. Booth and Brennan both lost consciousness. We should be worried, but no. Yes. Booth is like, holy shit. I need to go by myself right now. Someone give me your car. Because the only reason that this guy is trying to kill us is because he knows that we know who his next victim is. So we gotta I gotta go to this lobbyist and I gotta go to him stat. Kind of weird that he has to go see him right away because there was two months between the killings last time. And now I guess days he's escalating. Also, I don't know. If I'm dropping a bag full of bomb with teeth in it maybe i'm not going to go immediately to go kill the person that i was going to kill i'm not a killer so when i say i i don't mean myself i'm talking about myself as the gormagon right so booth (laughs) takes off thinking he has to save this lobbyist that they were trying to warn earlier because it was all a distraction Yes. The motorcyclist was trying to kill Booth and Brennan to distract everyone from him killing the lobbyist. So Booth runs away. I just want to mention again, I'm going to reiterate this a few times. Yes. Booth has just experienced uh, an accident that involved a bomb. So he's been in a car accident. A car has flipped. He's been exposed to a bomb. The the, the airbags did not deploy. He's not wearing a seatbelt. There were no airbags. Regardless, he shows up at the lobbyist's house. I guess it's close by. And sure enough, the lobbyist is basically stripped naked and tied to some kind of banister. And he's yelling at Booth that the killer is still in the house. So then Booth then proceeds to go on a foot chase, chasing the killer after having been in a car accident involving a bomb like minutes ago not that long ago his brain must be scrambled don't even (laughs) i can't i can't he must have an excruciating migraine oh how could he not i don't know what's happening with his body he's in shock i expect oh yeah for sure because he's still bleeding like he does not look good no i mean david boreanis always looks good but his yes the character don't don't get it twisted Okay. Don't get it twisted. He looks good. <laughs> David looks looks so good. <laughs> he looks fine. 
but he doesn't oh, look good. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, can I? I'll just finish with the foot Carry chase. On. The, Sorry. He chases this killer. He's running, running, running. He's going through backyards. He's doing all this shit. So anyway, the killer ends up in this backyard where there's this kid. He picks up the kid to shield himself from Boo shooting him. Psycho. And then the killer jumps into this pool, the swimming pool that's on the property they're on with the child and he starts drowning this kid so then this Boo has kid. to just decide if he's gonna save this kid or not so then booth jumps into the pool to save the kid the killer swims up to the surface and starts running away <gasps> bless you sorry about that do i have to retake that i don't know no you're good Everybody relax. I just sneezed. Anyway, so the kid's <laughs> drowning. Booth decides to save the kid and not chase Obviously. the killer. This would be a total change of character if he was like, eh, dead kid, fine. Gotta well, go get this guy. I was also thinking this killer is very clever, much more clever than Howard oh, Epps. Yeah. R.I.P. R.I.P. Yeah. Howard. R.I.P. R.I.P. Howard. Yeah. Respect. 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 <laughs> Respect. Howard thought he was a genius. But he wasn't. But this guy, I think, might be. Yeah. Yeah. This is the most so insane the episode. And away. I'm just the eating it up. Away. The killer gets the away, killer obviously. Away. And this kid, I hope the parents are ready to fill that swimming pool in. Because that kid is never going near a body of water ever again. Like, Who knows? Bath time is done. Yeah. I, would, <laughs> I would not. Oh, my God. This terrifying. poor child. Terrifying. Mm. So we get back to the forensics platform after this literally absolutely insane scene. And we come to a, a less action-packed but equally insane scene, in my opinion, <laughs> where Hodgins and Sweets have a bit of a showdown. <laughs> this Sweets is, is kind of psychoanalyzing Hodgins <laughs> as he's talking about secret you societies. You thought it was a showdown? Oh, Yeah. Wow. Sweets is questioning him. And I get the, I kind of get the impression. Uh. Yeah, I, maybe. I. Well, he says it. Sweets is asking Hodgins questions. Oh, so you feel sympathetic for Gormagon? Because Hodgins is trying to explain to Sweets that really initially Gormagon was probably a good guy. Because he was trying to get rid of all the influences of all these secret societies. But ultimately... Hodgins realizes and Sweets confirms that Sweets thinks that Hodgins is paranoid, but he's very curious about how paranoid he is. This is this is why he's kind of psychoanalyzing him a little bit. So they come up with this this point of view that there's this this like well Sweets comes to the realization and it's extremely important. Gormagon has a dead apprentice. And he has this master and apprentice relationship, master apprentice relationship. And so if there's this master apprentice relationship right now, there's a master, but there's no apprentice. Mm. So he's realizing Gormagon needs to find a new apprentice. And he concludes based on his psycho psychoanalysis of Gormagon that they're going to be looking for a kid in his teens. That will be the new, the new apprentice. Oh my God like what i think i mentioned that earlier and i apologize if i if i let it uh, slip too no no that's okay earlier so same same 
I just thought this was such an interesting it's this is such an interesting episode because we have all these by introducing sweets which we've talked about a couple times but by introducing sweets we kind of we get this different perspective everyone already knows that Hodgins is paranoid but seeing him sweets actually sweets takes the time to listen yeah he he talks when it's appropriate but he he's very um analytical and just takes that time to convince sweets that he's not he's not crazy like he's yes has a a a level amount of paranoia he believes in secret societies all these things and he thinks that you know there's a lot of corruption obviously and you know there's always like uh like a modicum of truth and all these sort of tales obviously but he's saying he's proving to sweets that this guy's crazy he's yes. insane because he's gone is on another nights of columbus like it's crazy yeah. to kill those people because they're not even remotely like harmful to yeah. society exactly so, <clears throat> exactly say we have a scene that comes up next where brennan is visiting her brother in jail yes and he's very upset that he's in jail right now and i just want to say that the fact that they get to visit in these little private rooms for their yeah. for their visits is pretty privileged, I would think. I would say so. <clears throat> in Orange is the New Black, they always had a huge meeting room with exactly. a bunch of different tables. No matter how rich they were, it seemed. But um, yes. I think the richer they were, probably they, uh, they probably didn't want to give them the privilege but maybe max has some kind of weird pull i don't know it's very strange I feel like or it's is it booth. because of booth yeah yeah uh it's too much it's too much anyway so they start arguing about why he's there and he's blaming her for uh anyway <laughs> this whole yeah. scene is it's a weird scene and a uh, bit unnecessary i don't know what really the point is is that she's trying to tell him that he's not a bad guy anyway brennan's being very sweet to her yes. father she's being sweet to her brother she's being sweet to amy and her child even she's booth. so sweet to booth in this episode it's it's sort of uncharacteristically like emotional of brennan to be so uh so sweet yeah i agree anyway it's kind of it is a nice nice change yeah russ and brennan they i get the impression well since they got back in touch they have this nice fairly nice relationship and they seem fine they seem fine i think it's fine yeah okay brennan is now (laughs) at the fbi with caroline i don't understand why caroline is there i love caroline i love the way she says sheree you know this <laughs> but i don't know why she's there i feel like this could have case. been a phone call it's her yes but i feel case. like i don't know why she came to the fbi i don't know why they couldn't just have a phone call so anyway so they they have this little meeting and brennan is basically trying to convince her that she should not necessarily drop the charges for russ but try to help him so that he can get a lighter sentence or no sentence time yeah, she's begging her she's begging, she's begging her, her yeah and i just love how sarcastic she is 
and how Brennan yeah. still on se- in season three doesn't get the sarcasm. No. And it's it's very sweet. At the end of the day, Caroline does say, you know what? Like, I will, I can't really do much, but I'll ask for you to be able to speak at your brother's parole hearing and maybe the judge will have some sympathy considering you look like you basically almost died today. She looked like shit. Yeah. She looks awful. <laughs> she has like a huge gash across her forehead. It's like tape holding it together. She's not looking good. Oh, boy. So, okay. Now we're back. Back at the Zach, lab. Back at the lab. Zach and so, Brennan have a very interesting conversation. Please tell me more about this, Kelly. Well, back at the lab, Zach is going over all the bite marks from the cannibalism, you know, on the old skeleton they found in the mausoleum. Yeah. Haven't we debunked bite marks yet? Wasn't that a problem in the Ted Bundy case? I didn't watch they it. Got him on, they got him on bite marks anyway. You know who Ted Bundy is anyway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Zach identifies the bite based on the teeth found in the bomb. So he got bite marks on the bones, and then he has teeth in the bomb, and he's saying they're the same teeth. Insane. So he says these teeth were pulled out by pliers, which is disgusting. Awful. And Brennan is all worked up because she thinks that Gormagon pulled his own teeth out to do it. Yes. <gasps> it sounds sadistic, but yeah. Gormagon is insane. So we will not put it past him to do that yes so then we have a next scene with zach showing cam and angela markings on one of the bones on the old skeleton found in the mausoleum and there's a mark called that's 1026 1026 and they're all discussing what it could possibly mean artist or angela figures out that it's a signature that an artist leaves on a painting yeah and she thinks that this is a this is what that symbolizes, even though Zach's trying to basically poo-poo this idea. And then Cam thinks maybe they should look at the, in the bank vault that they brought over to the Jeffersonian, there's a whole room of safety deposit boxes, and there's one that's numbered 1026. So Cam yeah. thinks, why don't we open up that box and see what's in there? And then Angela goes, well, because they're all rigged to blow up if you open them, <laughs> which is news but to me. News to me. And how did they transport that many safety deposit boxes without without them blowing up? A, B, why up. are they keeping explosives in the basement of the Jeffersonian? That could yes. go off at any moment. I hope their insurance provider does not know. Like that. a stupid, dumb intern who isn't being paid anything could be like, having sex against the wall and like banging against the deposit boxes or anything could happen and those and fucking have a things huge could explosion. go off come on that's true they angela and hodgins have probably done it in there at least once ew gorman so, has seen them don't even start that's gross so zach basically <laughs> figures out on paper like he's figured out on paper how to uh get around this problem so then yeah. we have a very quick the next scene very quickly we transition into the safety deposit box room of the vault in the basement and he's uh uh he's putting arg argon gas is that it argon gas into yeah, the so. box to sort of 
I don't know, delay the explosive effect. And then Booth has a pair of tongs. He's going to grab whatever's in the box. And then uh, Brennan's going to put it back in. And anyway, it's like they have this whole plan in place. It's very similar to when, um, what was it, when Zach had his hand on the bomb with Howard Epps's yes. wife there. Yeah. So anyway, it's quite fun. And it's not a very big explosion. No. It just looks like one of those called the- cherry... Like when those things explode, the little cherry yeah, bombs. Something like that. Or it's like when the chemistry teacher, like when you go to your first chemistry yes. class in like grade 10 and they light up a bunch of magnesium or something and it goes yes. really bright. Totally. So it's similar to that. So anyway, this little thing, poof, goes off and they grab yeah. something that out of the box and it's this old key card to a door. Yeah. That's what they found in the box. Okay, I know we need to move on, but these tongs, way too short for this job. <laughs> they needed barbecue tongs, like long ones. I agree. And like his hand was close. right in there. Why were they so close to the box? Like, Cam even questioned that. She's like, how Cam's far like, back should I be standing? How far back should I be? Exactly. <laughs> this reminds me of <clears throat> yesterday when we went to a supermarket called C&C Supermarket. Oh, yes. I know that place. And they have live crabs there, which I was Uh. very surprised by, in a massive box. (laughs) And this 80-year-old woman was using these, like, smaller-than-average tongs to pick out (laughs) crabs. But she didn't like the one that she was trying. Like, there was one that, like, was getting in her way, and she wanted the crab underneath it. She, like, kept moving it, but it kept, like, trying to pince her. This is a real story. I, I witnessed this yesterday and I, it was like a train wreck. I couldn't look away. I'm pretty sure I was just standing there. Not, not wow. pretty sure. I was just standing there just watching this unfold, but Mark had walked off with Wayne. So I was like, okay, now I've been standing here too long. I'm not going to be, I, I don't know if she got that crab underneath. I'll never know. But her tongs were too short. That's just wild, like Booth's. Eh? Very it brave. Was crazy. Very brave. Anyway, sorry. Small aside. So, where does that key card? What does us. that key card give access to? Yes, it leads us to the FBI. Yes. Take so it away. now, Booth, Booth, and Brennan are interviewing a woman whose office this key card came from, and she works for social services. And she tells them that that card is from the seventies, so it's not her office. It's the guy who was there before her. She tells them that the man that used to work in her office is somewhat of a legend down there. And he used to work for the foster services as well as, I don't know, it was like a CAS, CPS type situation. Yes. <clears throat> and his name was Arthur Graves. And I need to show you something from a couple yes. scenes prior. Okay. Once we actually oh. meet Arthur Graves, because I have a question. Okay. Very cool. I'm just trying to pull the scene. I'm trying to pull up the scene while we chat. So it turns out that Arthur Graves is in a nursing home, and that nursing home is a mansion. It used to be a mansion that's turned into a nursing home, which was on our map from earlier of all the landmarks that have to do with this case. Yes. That's that near nursing home that I said, remember this location. <laughs> I'm trying to. Oh. Okay, what are you trying to do? Let's 
carry on. I have it kind of. Okay, kind so of the then they go visit this guy, Arthur Graves, at the mansion or nursing home. Yes. And he's an old man in the corner who has Alzheimer's. So he's a pretty catatonic, not super verbal or communicative. And then we find out from one of the orderlies or attendants that introduces them to Arthur that all of his teeth were pulled out when he got there. <clears throat> yeah. Then Brennan wants to do a dental impression. Like she wants to do a dental impression. She approaches him and tells him she's not going to hurt him. And then he hisses at her. He hisses. And that's when it's they find so he creepy. Has, like, he has no teeth. They're like, where are his teeth? And, this and he is when smiles at them. Yeah, oh. and Brennan says, well, "I know what you did. I know what you, you know did. Who you are. We know, know who you, you are." Okay. Yep. In the back of this me? scene, remember that, that scene where Hodgins and him were Hodgins and Sweets were chatting. Ooh, Is no. that not already? See here in the background. Yeah. I'm going to try to find a better view of it. Oh, okay, that is yeah. a picture of Arthur Graves. Where did he come from? This is like like why do they have a picture? Before. I don't know. I'm gonna try to find a better view of it. I'm gonna try to find it too. Stand by. I should have. We can cut this. I should have written down. A, sure. <clears throat> I should have written down a time. Oh, here. Stand by. This is better. Pause. I'm looking at the explosion. Okay, now here they are. Oh. It's at 14 minutes left in the episode, 29 minutes in. Okay, I'm at 14.33, 14.27. It only shows the, the master title. Come on, go up. They do I show the picture. screen at some it's point. It's at the okay, top the of the screen. Yeah. I see it up there. Is that him, though? Or is I'm that the bishop? I'm almost positive. No, because it's it's a picture of the master. And I think, oh, there we go. I know for a fact that go up, go up. Okay, here. <laughs> Wait, you're oh. Yeah, so how do they know? Right? Cuz they have his teeth. I don't know. It's the weirdest thing. So why so his Wait, picture is okay. already on the board before they even go okay. visit him. Brittany, you're brilliant. Why is this happening, though? Okay. So they fucked up. Um, I think so. Only... I think the ordering of this, I think this scene, maybe, they changed the ordering of it. That they moved it into this, because it's kind of a random, but like it, it could really be at any point during this episode. Because so they I don't feeling... blow up the, the safety deposit box till after. Yes. So I think that they, I think that that scene got moved in the episode. I think yeah. that that probably came later and then they decided to move it earlier. Okay. Well, continuity, continuity, bitch. Continuity. Anyway, I just thought oh it was interesting. God. I went back that like a thousand times. That is interesting. Like, that's him. That's the guy. Yes. That's what I did. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Moving on. Three more scenes. You talk about this okay crap so booth and brennan this is our our b plot line so booth <sighs> and brennan they get to the courthouse and they're there specifically because well there's two things they're they're there to meet for russ's hearing 
And while they're there, uh, Booth is going to take that opportunity to get a court order to monitor Arthur Greaves' visitors. Because the orderly, or the nurse, um, had suggested that he used to have, Arthur Graves used to have a visitor, not recently, but used to have a visitor who rode a motorcycle who he assumed was his nephew. Which sounds a lot like the guy who tried to bomb them. So he's going to try to monitor the visitors and that might help. And he calls Gormagon Gorgonzola, which I love. We're just going to keep keep calling it Gorgonzola. It's wonderful. Amy is there. Obviously, it is Russ's hearing. And she is so rude to Booth. She's like, doesn't even acknowledge him. She's like, if that is who I think it is, I don't want to talk to him. So Booth is like, okay, good talk. Everything's fine. Turns out one of the court officers comes out and it turns out that they want to see Booth and Brennan in chambers as opposed to in court. So they're going to go and have this nice meeting with Russ, a judge, his Russ's um, parole officer, Booth is going to be there. Brennan's going to be there. They're just going to have a little party in chambers. It's going to be wonderful. Wild. Wild. Well, turns out Booth has pulled more strings than Brennan even had realized. And Mm. Booth doesn't want to talk during this. They say, okay, Booth, do you have anything to say? He's like, no, I don't. Brennan's not allowed to talk because the judge is like, honestly, shut up. I don't want to hear it. The, The parole officer is trying to make a case for Russ not being a flight risk. And even though this whole reason that they're there is because she reported him as breaking his parole. Uh, But it turns out that Booth had gotten sweets to call in. That Steve guy to call in. (laughs) A bunch of people who would be good judges of character called in and vouched for Russ being a good guy and they're all recommended against revoking his parole. So this is really a wonderful thing. It looks like he's not going to get very much time, if any. And at the end of the day, Brennan is very happy about this. And Amy actually gives Booth a hug because she's told by Brennan that she should be grateful for him because he's the one who saved the day. Doesn't just give Booth a hug, but earlier she gave Brennan, a dumb card made by her dumb kid from the oh, hospital. Oh, yeah, I forgot about it. To thank Auntie Temperance. I'm over this. <laughs> this over familiarity with the second with time meeting them. really bothers me. Like, I don't I don't like that. Like, that's a it's bit her too bestie. much. Yeah. Too much. Too soon. Lay there off. Are pe- there are people like that, though, so it is possible that I this is... I am not. I don't... When people do that to me, I'm like, I'm very... I'm very suspicious of people who do that. Yeah. I think, okay, you've got some codependency issues. You have maybe some attachment issues. You've got something going on that I don't need to be a part of here. It's a bit much. Excellent. It's a bit much. We are on the same page. I'm an asshole, though, okay? No, you're not. I'm an asshole. Oh, I'm a huge asshole. That's why people... I'm very unapproachable because I don't... I don't put up with the, oh, like, I don't, I can't, I can't do it. It's too much. 
anyway there's there's a song like that i'm an asshole i'm an asshole yeah i think it's dennis leary he's like a famous famous thing he did years and years ago so the judge gives him 30 days in county jail then he gets house arrest or something he's gonna have a bracelet around his ankle for a little bit and that's it easy peasy Russ, russ was complaining about the 30 days yeah I was like, Russ, shut the fuck up. Like, yeah. what are you doing right now? Yes. Just be grateful you're not going to jail. What's up? What's going on? Mark you just slipped some papers under the door. I have to scan a couple <laughs> papers. We're on the last scene, so I will scan them after. Um, I was like, okay. what's that sound? And then I looked over and so I'm like, now, now we have a montage i'm gonna describe this montage because it's quite something they have got this heartbreaking oh, song yeah. at the end the first part of the montage is brendan in the hospital reading a kid's book to this kid where is in the her hospital mother? bed where is her mother in the hospital anyway She's then we're getting her makeup done more blue eyes russ then we see Russ meet up with his father in jail in their orange jumpsuits together and they give each other a hug. I have a problem with this. We are going to carry on. We're they would not be on in we're the same yes. anyway. Yes. He's supposed to be in county totally jail, not in a maximum security prison. Crimes, totally yes. different charges, totally different scenarios. What yes. is happening here? Then exactly. we have a scene where Angela gets startled by her creepy boyfriend. <laughs> While looking over the vault evidence, because fucking Hodgins creeps up behind her while she's looking at shit and touches her shoulder. She jumps out of her skin. I would, too. Also, how could she be in the vault when she knows Why she's being watched? Why is she there? Why is she there? It, I would not go anywhere. I'd be like, um, no. guys, guys, <laughs> don't leave me yeah. alone in here. Anyway, no. Zach is, then the next scene is Zach using a magnifying glass looking at the Gormagon skeleton. And then the next scene is Booth making sure he's not too concussed and he still has good aim and he's basically doing some shooting practice even though he was in a car accident involving a bomb like a, yesterday yeah and then the montage it's all sappy and nice and then and then and then our friend the lobbyist mr porter is coming home just like brennan did at the beginning of the show coming home looking over his mail distractedly taking off his coat going into his closet to hang his coat up when all of a sudden what happens Brittany he is attacked by a dark figure we don't get to see this person's face so it's just like the outline of this body jumping out with a dagger and then the screen just goes black and then Brittany doesn't sleep for a month (laughs) (laughs) you know what's interesting though in this script it says cut to ray porter is entering one of his rooms looking through his mail he places the mail down and takes off his coat so far so good he opens the door to hang up hang up his coat in the closet when suddenly a teenage boy about Mm -hmm. 15 years old jumps out at him with a dagger and then the screen goes black I it is a kid could though. not 
it how could i i tried looking back and i couldn't tell but that would go with that would go with um sweets's theory that he needed to find a new that this master needed to find a new apprentice and then the new apprentice would be a teenager i don't know if you can see this You can see his face. Oh, how did you get that? Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, he does look quite young. Okay. Wow. Anyway, I love this. I love this. Yes. You probably hated it. But the guy I jumping just... out of the closet with a knife, stabbing him to death, I'm sure, and probably doing all the stuff that they did with the other victims. Wild. Wild. They're really it's... going for it. I as love it. As scary as it was, I did mm -hmm. like it. Honestly, this episode was fantastic. What did you think of this Tell episode? Tell me what you really think. Tell me now. Oh, no, I love it. I love this episode. Yes. Start to finish. It was wonderful. It was the perfect ending, as like creepy as it was and as scary as it was for a person like me that gets scared easily. Um, <laughs> it was just the perfect ending because even just watching, so as Zach is analyzing the bones, Cam looks so unsettled. Like she looks so worried about the fact that, it, it, like the look in her eyes is almost like, okay, like this isn't over. We don't, we haven't really gone much further. That's kind of the impression I got. She's so, the only one who has any kind of sense of urgency, it seems. Yeah, it seems. Everybody else is taking their damn time. Zach oh, yeah. is mag magnifying glass, looking over every single bone. It's like trying to find Waldo. Catch this guy before he kills the next person. It's wild. Yes. I yeah. also love this episode. I love this whole storyline. I love that they're doing this thread. Um, I didn't really... Uh, the Booth and Brennan relationship is not something that I'm, I noticed. Like, I mean, it was a lot of, some of the stuff was fun. I thought they're, they were very good. Like they were still good. This yeah. episodes, there was no conflict, you know, I absolutely love this whole sweet situation. I think he's a great addition. I I'm on board with it. A hundred percent, even though I cannot believe this kid is, 22 years old i i think that's very hard to believe yes like that whole thing but it's fine we're gonna go with it because brennan's barely 30 at this point so <clears throat> welcome to the sweet side kelly oh you didn't have to convince me <laughs> it's the hodgins piece that you I'm will still never ever convince me i cannot and will never be on board with this relationship because of the shaky shaky foundation that hodgins and Angela yeah. started on so i just never convinced me i don't think you'll ever <laughs> okay. ever convince me unless something I... really really crazy happens <clears throat> i can totally convince you <laughs> give me telling a few me more something seasons. crazy happens yeah <laughs> <laughs> buckle up Okay, but more who's your king of the lab? Oh, that's my question. <laughs> my question to you, ma'am. I mean, I have one. Do you want me just to me tell too. you? I know what it is. Let's say okay, it at I'm the same time. Three. Yes. Three, one. two, one. 
sweets. sweets. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you are. I bet you are. Lab rat is the same too. Oh. <laughs> okay. I don't think it is. Okay. Okay, so first of all, yes, King of the Lab, obviously, even though Zach tried to say he was King of the Lab earlier in the episode, good for him. Love no, the no. confidence. This is a different Sweets. scale that we're rating yes. on. Like, we're, we have a totally different scale on this there. King of the Lab situation. And you and I, I, I joked about this last week because you said Sweets was this King of the Lab last week. And I think I did too. So I have a feeling Sweets is going to be high on the list many, many times here. Like I'm, I'm just, I have this feeling that he's going to be, because he's having the most fun, he's the yes. most, like it's engaging when he's, there's something about him. He comes on screen and everything gets lighter and you feel like, like I said, he's engaging and yeah bright and fun and it's 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 a nice addition and i think that it's helping with the dynamic a lot a lot he gets so excited he gets so excited like yeah, yeah he's a perfect segue like he's a perfect halfway between booths and like intensity and brennan's intensity but yeah. also like nerdiness it's just like a perfect mm-hmm. perfect addition mm-hmm. i just love i, I love his character to- so much getting to know him a bit more like i know we're gonna get obviously over the years you get to know him yeah i mean i'm looking forward to that too because his character right now is very pleasant and awesome but i'm sure there's other stuff going on that you know makes his character a little bit more rooted and yes like reality and a little stuff. deeper so it'll be interesting but definitely now we agree on that who's your rat girl should we count down again I don't think it's going to be the same. We should go for it anyway. Okay, here okay, we go. Let's do it. Go. <laughs> okay, three, two, one. Amy. Max. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Amy Max was pretty is a bad. Close second. <laughs> Amy was pretty bad, and the jury is out on whether or not she's a scammer. Everybody, like, we don't oh, know yeah. what's really going on here. You oh never know. You never yeah. know. People are crazy. She could fleece you everybody. You never know. Oh my god! Imagine that would be like the biggest. <laughs> imagine if that's a storyline. Like, oh, wow. remember Amy from season three? Yeah. She fleeced everybody. She's in jail now for scamming. Her what daughter if she's was after fine. all the money that Max stole in the 70s. There we go. Now we're really we getting know. into it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Amy was I bad. Enjoyed that. Max is bad. Yeah. For different reasons, but yes, I agree. Definitely. Definitely. Well, all right. we loved it. On that note, Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us. Uh, Before I close out, I'll just mention, check us out on social media, follow us on YouTube, rate, review, subscribe. It really does matter. Like, if you give us some good ratings on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, et cetera, just boost, boost, boost as much as you can. That'd be really great. If we could get more listenership, we could do all kinds of wonderful things for y'all. And uh, yeah, I just want to thank you again for listening to this episode of Squintcast.
Bye. See you next time. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Squintcast with me, Kelly Booth, and my and your new friend, Brittany Elsner. The Bones theme is performed by The Crystal Method. They can be found on Instagram and YouTube at The Crystal Method and at thecrystalmethod.com. Intro and outro music is by Twisterium at Pixabay. Cover art was done by Irena Dolentz Stajan. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Squintcast. Email us at squintcastpodcast at gmail.com. You can find me at fab underscore empire underscore on Instagram and TikTok. Brittany is at Brittany81523 on Instagram. See you next time. Hodgins! <laughs>